Alrighty then. So, like I said, last week uh, we talked about uh, beautiful young ladies in our lives. Um, since my wife was in here, I had to be nice. <laughs> we talked a bit about how the Bible distorts, you know, the things that God had originally planned. So, um, Brooke is intent on me talking about guys. <laughs> she really, she was like texting me all week long, like, you are talking about That's men, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, verse 17, Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Um, just so you know the uh, consequences for the, the serpent and the devil was just one simple verse. That for the women was also just one little verse. All right, the guys got several verses. <laughs> that tells you anything. I'm buying you a fan. Buy me a fan? Yeah, I Yeah, I think it's just a today thing. No. Um, so anyway, listen, the, when, when God talked to the serpent, he started the serpents out with, um, verse 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, because thou hast done this. All right. So he, when he speaks to the serpent, he comes right out and says, because you did what you did, um, and the next one, in the when it talks about, I'm sorry, the, the serpent, yeah, each of them had one. The women, um, unto Eve, there wasn't, and he didn't say, because thou hast done this. He just goes straight into um, her consequence, all right? But when he gets to Adam, he does kind of the same thing, verse 17. Um, and, and unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Now you know why husbands never listen anymore? Because we got in trouble oh, for it. Goodness. Long time ago. See, yeah, he's not listening to it. Because the last time we did, we got in trouble. All right? So we just... just did that once. We did it one time for all of humanity off, all right? Um, because you listened to Eve. When we spoke before, we talked about what they should have done and, and, and how they should have reacted. Remember when we talked about all that kind of stuff? It was on Adam to make sure the right things were done. And that's what's happened here. And that's what God is saying. saying, listen, you're the responsible one. You're the one that should have, when she brought that to you, done it in, done it correctly or you know w when the serpent was trying to do what the serpent was trying to do if only we would obey what we are told i don't know how many of you because i do it on a regular basis where you tell your kids you know if you had done it the way i told you to do it mm -hmm. right we wouldn't have that problem anymore um i know i do how many else here find themselves in a lot harder times because we didn't listen to God the first time? Oh, yeah. Over and over and over. Um, uh, James chapter 4. Someone read for me 15 through 17. 
for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will be will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to them it is said. Now, I want you to pay real close attention to this right here. Because this verse is telling us that if we know what is right and we're doing it and we're not doing what we're supposed to do, then we're also held accountable for that. Now, I truly believe that your honest Christians, ones that, okay, you have in this world today, you have people self-call themselves Christians. I don't really think they're saved, okay? But those that truly are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, that are off on their theology and whatnot, I think, I believe the Holy Spirit deals with them on that kind of stuff, because that's what Scripture tells us. So, just because they say, well, I don't think it's that big of a deal if I do this or this or this, I believe they have that constant fight in their head because they have that constant mm -hmm. conscience in their heart on a regular basis. So here we have a situation that, that Adam chooses to ignore the word of God. And because of this, everything is going to change. And we, we as a people, as a believers, we need to remember that what we're going through very well may be because we didn't listen to God's word. And so all of this comes back to we have to make sure that what we're, where we're studying at, what the tools we're using, and who we have in our life are all proper. Because if God says here to Adam and says, because you listened to an alternative source, but God never gave Adam the proper word, can Adam really be held to blame for it? Say that no. again. If God holds Adam accountable for not doing what God tells him to do, but God never gave him everything that he was supposed to do, is he held accountable? Yeah. You think? I would think so, yeah. Don't but you? if God has you do something, why wouldn't he give you everything that you need to do? Exactly. And that's my point. When people say, listen, it doesn't really matter what church you belong to. It doesn't matter who the people are in your life. It doesn't matter what Bible you read out of. It doesn't matter what preacher you listen to. You know, we're all doing the same thing. That's, that's hogwash because... Mm -hmm. If we're not, according to these verses, if we're not doing what God says, he's going to hold us accountable. So in Adam's situation, if God never come, if God just says, hey, there's a tree here that I think you should probably stay away from. And then at some point, Adam, he pulls out and besides, listen, you ate that tree I told you not to. You need to hit the road, Jack. That's not a just and fair God. That's not the God that we know. So today's Christianity, when today's Christianity says, hey, God is all about love. He doesn't really care. And so you can kind of just piece it all together. That's not this God in creation time. That's not the God that's judging Adam and Eve. He, you know, God didn't say, well, you listen to your wife and that's what you should do. And so all is swell. 
Mm, he's punishing him. What's that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Now, well, it's because we're in a sin-cursed world now, and we have no choice. But that's, you know, it's not how it was. Real quick, Jim. I say, if you go to Luke uh, 12, 48, and I'll just jump down to the bottom. Um, it says, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him much is required. And to whom men have committed much, to him they will ask more. So the more that God gives you, the more you're held accountable for. Yeah. So, you know, like just what you know, you're saying... Well, and that's and in this in this situation, that's just, this is what God's talking about. God's saying, "Listen, you're, you know, you're in the role," and that's kind of what I want to get into for a minute. Listen, um, Adam's responsibility, what just by what God starting out here was to ensure that God's word was obeyed, and, and that's all of our duties, okay? But especially those of us uh, of men, it is our duty to make sure the word of God stays true. And stays obeyed, okay? Which means, it tells us that God has set roles in the house. And when we look at these consequences, we talk about, we get further into man's out in the workplace. The woman's has a lot more to do with the, the motherhood and, 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 and wifey and stuff. Um, you have, so you have Christ, Okay. Christ is this umbrella. Alright? And then you have hubby. And then you have the wife. And then you have the kiddos. Alright? There's your little umbrella. Alright? So, as far as the hubby is concerned, his job is to protect, to lead, and provide. And I, and, and I know this is, I know we're not living in this day and age, but in, in all reality, when you look at these consequences and that kind of stuff, it was very clear that he, before the pain and stuff, the, the woman was going to be more of the one that comfort, teaching of the children, definitely the nurturing, Okay. So when God, when God punished, when, when God sent the consequences out on the wife, he didn't say, oh, well, now you're going to start having children. No, he just said there's going to be sorrow and childbearing and, and, and rearing, okay? It was always set up for, um, I guess the best you can say, a stay-at-home mom type situation, all right? Mm -hmm. um, and in, the, in, the, in the, the hubby side of that, it, it was typically, it was, it was his job to, work it out and provide for the family and all that kind of stuff. Of course, the kids, the one that no one ever listens to, love and obey <laughs> the parents, right? None of our kids, no one's kids does any of that. Um, so, and it talks about in 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen. but I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. For the then in Ephesians, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, he is the savior of it. All right, this world has has destroyed the way things are supposed to be. Okay, they 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 say, well, the husband is is the head of the wife. You don't hear them talking about the other one, about how Christ is the head of the husband. You know, they don't seem to have. They want to come out and say, oh, you know. 
you poor guys, you have to be subservient to Christ. I'll talk about that. And then that verse goes on to say that Christ was subservient to God. But how can that be? Anyway, Tommy, Jim? Because he was he's, he had two roles. He was the son of God, but he was also the son of man. So in the role of the son of man, because he was taking on what we should have, he said not, but he obeyed the Father. So you have to look at the two dual roles of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So here you have it. You have God, who is the Father. All right, and then you have the Son. Right? The Bible says that they're fully equal, right? John 10 30. That's correct. Those two are fully equal. And yet in Matthew, it says the Father that the Son had to submit to the Father's will, right? That's correct. In Matthew 26, 42, what does Christ say? Say, if not thy will, right? So what has to happen here is even though they're equal. We both, and, and this is where people get really start getting really confused. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all one. Well, they are. But as the roles are pertaining, the Son had to die on the cross, right? So he had to submit to the role of the Father. That was in the role of Son of the Man. Son Correct. Of man. So now, when you look at hubby and wife, okay, they're both made in God's image. Ephesians 5.21 talks about them being fully equal. So here you have this equal role, okay? But in functionality, you have the hubby and then the wife. The wife has to be, I'm sorry, this is backwards. In functionality, the wife has to be submissive, just like the son had to be submissive to the father. So what we have is the picture of what the Godhead is set up like. Now, when you start realizing the idea of how God sets the family up, okay, to where the husband is supposed to, the husband has set roles, and he is constantly supposed to be trying to make sure his family is aligned with Christ. And when we come over here, when as a husband I look at the idea of the father and the son as equal, if I grasp this concept, then I can't look at my wife as lesser. Because then I'm now I'm outside of what God has set up. Does that does that all make sense? So even when I look at my wife and I say, okay, my wife is supposed to be submissive, haha. Okay? I have to, I still have to look at it as an example of even though Christ was submitted to submissive to God, it was a role, a very, very super important role. How much more important of a role than dying on the cross was there? Is there anything greater other than the resurrection, right? I mean, <laughs> They pretty much go hand in hand, but you still don't even have a resurrection if you didn't have first after. So even if I look at my wife and I see the role as, well, she's supposed to be submissive. At no point did God look at the son as a lesser or unimportant. 
I mean, he started planning for this at this time, right? Um, so this whole mentality that the Bible teaches that women are less than is completely absurd. And any man that acts differently is not looking at a, a godly foundation, okay? Now, when you go through a lot of this stuff, and you see you see the, the picture that is set up, um, I wanted to print this one off for everybody. That's what I wanted to do. I forgot to do that. You have, so with your... All right, so with, with your husband and, and wife, the, the role for the wife is a helper. All right, and that's told to us in Genesis. In Ephesians 5.23, they talk about the husband as the leader. All right, now, mind you, this again, this is all in Genesis. This is all... Remember how Genesis is the book of beginnings? Well, this is the beginning of the family that the, the world's been tearing apart. They've destroyed the role of the father and the husband in the homes, and it's created this mess, what we have now. So as far as responsibilities, you know, we learn submit and respect. All right, but with the husbands, it's love and honor. Now, again, when you look at when you, when you look at what the Bible is actually teaching and preaching, can you get the idea that women are lesser than men out of this? Not if you're open about it. Um. So out of those, basically what they say, the results, what happens, oh, wait a minute, I wrote those backwards. You guys didn't let, let me know that. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Love and honor. That's what happened. I wrote it backwards from my paper. That's what I did. All right, so... Um, so as far as the results, all right, First Peter talks about a, a, a godly woman following what God has set up for her. She's effective in her witness. All right, and it goes along with the children and all that kind of stuff. Um, with a man, again, if we're not doing, if we're not treating our wives the way God expects us to, what does the Bible say it messes with? How about our prayer life? You realize that if you're mistreating your wife, that it jacks your prayers all up? Now, as believers in Jesus Christ... How necessary is our prayer life? Very. I mean, uh, other than, I mean, there's, 
Bible reading, and then there's prayer life. I mean, if you're not solid on both of those, then how are we getting anything from God? So, you know, as... Yes. What's that? So he has mercy on us. <laughs> so, you know, when I, when I first started studying this, you know, it says because you listened to Eve, the more and more that just rolled around in my head and when I was looking some of that stuff up, I just go through and I found these and I thought, man, that is amazing. If, if the world honestly listened to what God was talking about and trying to set up, in a biblical strong home then we wouldn't have the issues we have now we would not be struggling with the idea it's not a wonder to me why the devil has gone after the home because that's the foundation of it all this church is only as strong as its members and if they're weak and not biblically sound, how many churches do we know that have gone off the rails? How many churches that were good, solid churches? People, individuals. And we think, man, how did that ever happen? You just start letting a little bit in here and a little bit in there. And it's not that big of a deal. It's, you know, when I have these conversations with guys at work, I say, well, it really doesn't hurt me all that much. Well, if I'm not looking at my wife in the right way, and if I'm praying for God to lead me in, in, in what I teach you guys, how effective is his guidance in my studying of my Sunday school lessons? It's not. Because I'm not getting the guidance that I need. Jim? And so you go to 521, and we're, we're just reading that, and it says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And that's talking about the church. Yeah. Because that's when he starts breaking it down into the wife and stuff. So there's a there's even an obligation for the people of the church to submit to one another. Well and that and that get, that's not, we're not getting into the church and stuff, but that is, you know, if we're if we're submitted to Christ, Christ is the head of the that's church. What but, I was getting at. You know, I'm just focusing right now on, on this aspect to the fact that if I'm not looking at my wife as the beautiful helpmate that God gave me then my prayer life's off. I can't help my kids. I can't help you guys. My church suffers. My job life suffers. Same aspect here. You know, if the wife is not the helper, she's not following what God wants, then her effectiveness on her children and those around her fall apart. And me as well. All right? So that whole because because you listen to, to Eve thing, it just really, really laid into me that, really really should pay more close attention to to how things should be all right so let's move on to the actual punishments here um he says that because you have eaten of the tree of which i commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat of it of course there, there you have you know the him ignoring him he says cursed is the ground for thy sake and in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of their life, of your life. So you have the um, curse of the ground. Um, verse 18 talks about thorns also and thistles shall bring thistles. 
shalt bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. Um, that easy life's gone. Now, it doesn't say that you should now have to start working for your food. All right? The way I imagine it is, is the garden pretty much just took care of itself. I mean, there wouldn't have been, it was funny, we was just leaving this morning, and the wife's looking at the front yard, and we've been doing all this landscaping. And we've got one of those little white weed things that are all throughout the front of the yard. She's like, "This weeds are all over. And it's and like... Clovers? You know, they're like little, little white flower-looking clovers. Is that what they're called? Everywhere. Everywhere, see? And, and that's, you know, we're leaving the house and all this work that she's done by making this house look great. And we look back and that's what we see is the curse of the ground. You know, it's like, oh, you know, or uh, what's his name from... Um, Chasing after the the gopher, you know, in Caddyshack. Oh, Bill, <laughs> Bill Murray going after the gopher, you know, blowing stuff up. Um, you know, and that's it. The thing, the beautiful things of God can be destroyed because of this. You know, you walk down, you know, what used to be nice, beautiful areas have now all overrun by, you know, stuff being tore down and not taken care of and just corruption as a whole. And we think, and that's this thorns and the, and the thistles, you know, the ground now offers everything in regards to hardships and, and pain. And, and, and even, I would say, you know, a lot of the barrenness that we have, you know, the yeah. deserts. And I can't imagine that was around you know, for the Garden of Eden time. I don't think God's intention was to have giant deserts that you can't, Surviving even even on the opposite in Antarctica and, and whatnot, you know these extreme temperatures on one side or the other. I, I, I don't believe that that was God's original intention. I, I don't know what the world looked like before the flood, but you know there somehow He was going to have to take care of people that didn't die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so now you know think about this. Um, we were digging a hole for. Her fountain, we had to sink a, it's an extra long bucket, okay? It was not a normal size bucket, but anyway, it was like this tall. So we're, And it was like, the, you go this far and you start hitting rock. And we'd have to sit there and stop and spend 30 minutes to dig out a rock or four. You know, and then you get so far and then it's mostly gravel and sediment. It's like, seriously, I'm done digging this hole. You know what I mean? Can't we just let the hose flow? You know what I mean? <laughs> You need a fountain. I got a hose, all right? <laughs> but, you know, it's just it just everything you do. Has anything ever gone the way that it should when you set out to do it? Mm-mm. No. You know? And it's just like over and over, it's just always something. Poor Charlie's truck breaks down and his new motorcycle uh, breaks down. And, you know, it's just over and over and the parts aren't right and fuel pump goes out and... I quit fixing stuff on my truck because as soon as you do something else goes wrong, right? You just, you find that one thing that's broke that you can just live with being broke. Because, you know, as soon as you fix it, something worse happens, right? Um, so you have that situation. It says, for thy sake. What's that? I said, hook a mule to it and let the <laughs> yeah. mule pull it. And then it'll clean up the clover in the front yard. There you go. Um, you know, I, I like this idea that he, he mentions the words, for thy sake. I think he's really pointing out to Adam here that this is because you didn't listen. I mean, he starts off with because you didn't listen. 
And now he's saying, listen, here, this is all going on for thy sake because you didn't listen to the word of God. And, you know, this beautiful, plush, bountiful world created for man for our comfort and pleasure, everything. Listen, the, the food, the animals, the trees, the grass, everything was created for us because we were to please God. And now cursed and destroyed because of what we did, because of how we refused to listen. Now, one of the things that I want to point out here is at the very beginning, God said that it was our job to care for, right? To care for the animals, the land. Now that the land is cursed and it's going to be hard to do this, did he change his calling? No. No. He didn't. So God's command to care for the world is still our job to care for the world, but now we have to do it in a harder situation now that speaks volumes to me because there are things that I'm doing now that are a hundred times harder because I didn't do them God's way the first time. There are things that I am still paying for things that I, I still have to, my consequences are still coming. Things are harder because I chose to do them my way. And I say that, if there is something that God has called us to do, if God has called you to a particular ministry or a particular calling and you're fighting it, it could get a lot harder. And it doesn't mean he's going to say, well, since it's not something you want to do, you know, and we were just having this conversation this morning, how, you know, all these wonderful musicians in this world singing secular music, you know, they're taking God's abilities and they're using them for self or world. And then, especially the music industry and, and the fame industry as a whole, people wonder, well, you know, why are those people so sad and depressed? Because if you're using God's abilities for self, you can't get that pleasure that God would give you for using it for him. Does that make sense? And so you have all these people that are trying to take God's abilities and, and use them for self-gain. So if God's calling us to do something or asked us to do something, then it's a whole lot better off to just do it now. Well, it's become a curse. Yeah. Well, and you're exactly right. It took me a long, long time to learn that, that all the joy the world says they have to offer is nothing like the joy that God actually Amen. gives. And it's rough, you know. I mean, I look. There's still stuff out there that looks fun and and for a moment, but it, it's just not worth it. In all honesty, it's just not worth it, and it makes things hard here. But I'm not here for me. I'm here for God. You know, He's going to take care of me. So you know, man, man in, in this situation is God's really, really on him about the idea that you've not been what you're supposed to be. You've not been the provider. You've not been the protector. You've not been, uh, you know, the lead that you're supposed to be. And because of that, now man's, the whole world is cursed. So that doesn't just affect us. See, that also affects the women, right? 
And, and in those days, they had 40 or 50 kids, so they could tend the ground and the grill. Well, yeah. I mean, the larger the family, the you know, yeah. that, that's how you survived. You know, Little House on Prairie, they didn't run down to Kroger, right? You know, <laughs> so I said, I don't need to go fish. I can just pick it up from McDonald's, right? That's Which, right. Is, you know, but so, but that does is because he didn't listen to God's word, everyone after him is now punished. Right? He would have, Eve would have not received what Eve would have received had he listened to, you know, God's word. The ground would not have been cursed. There wouldn't have been a need for Christ to die on the cross. Pain, suffering. So because of the one who's supposed to be the leader failed, everything failed. You know, my company's not going to go under because I mess up a couple times. But now my boss, who makes all the decisions, makes a couple bad decisions, and they're closing the doors. Okay? Does that make sense? All right. Next week we'll get into sorrow.